0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, good to see you have a good class this morning. We have a lot of people out there and we don't see and we thank all of you for joining us. Nehemiah chapter six. No PowerPoint. You're going to have to look at me the whole time. Don, you're not covering your eyes, are you? I was afraid of that. Nehemiah 6. Now, it happened when Sinballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, the rest of our enemies heard I had rebuilt the wall, that there was no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors and gates. At Sanballat, Geshem sent me saying, come let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. Have a question. When are they going to quit doing him like this? Over and over and over again. I'll answer that question. They're not going to quit. Satan never quits. He changes tactics. But he looks for the same results. He does that with me. He does it with you. Over and over and over again. I want us to go back and look at some of the history of this text today. Back in 2.12. Nehemiah 2.12. Sanballat and his men were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. That's when he first went there. He went there to survey the walls. He did that at night, came back with a plan, and Sanballat was the governor, Persian governor there. He and his men were deeply disturbed about this. Look at chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It so happened when Sanballat heard that we were in the wall that he was furious and very indignant and attacked and mocked the Jews. He mocked the Jews. He spoke before his brethren, the army of Samaria, and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Feeble Jews? Were they feeble? Absolutely not. They were evidently skilled craftsmen. They were strong men. They came to do a work that they could do. Why did he call them feeble Jews? Putting them down. Will they offer sacrifices? Will they fortify themselves? Were they complete it in a day? Will they revive stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are Burned? These crazy people, Sanballat said, are weak and stupid and incapable of doing the job. Did he believe that? No, he didn't believe that. He believed the very opposite. But if he could get the opposition to believe that, and better still, if he could get the workers to believe that, it would be all over. Satan never quits. He just changed his tactics. Down in verse 3 of chapter 4. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Everybody knows that was false. So it can't have any effect you know, like sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me be careful. Names and words will kill you if you allow them to. What they said here, Fox goes on it, will break the, the stones down, the wall down, was a very dangerous statement for the Jews. Because if they have that disease that I call grasshopperitis, this is going to really deter them from what they're doing. Nehemiah didn't have it. But some of his followers could catch it and bring it into the group, as we'll see later. Don't criticize my expertise. If I know what I'm doing, leave me alone, let me do it. No, no, that's not the way Satan works. Saul laughed at David. What do you mean you're going after Goliath? Can't be. Goliath said, Am I a dog? That you've come after me like without any armor? With a sling? No, you're the dog, Goliath. David didn't bat an eyelash. He said, I killed a lion. I protected my sheep. I'll get you. Don't criticize my expertise. I know how to use this. And this part right here is not covered on your forehead. That's where I'm going to hit you. Right between the eyes. And then I'm going to cut off your head. And David, you don't know what you're talking about. He knew everything he was talking about. He was ready. 4-7. It happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored. That the gaps were beginning to be closed. That they became very angry. These men should have been discouraged by now. I'm talking about these Jews, these builders. These guys messing up our plan. We should have discouraged them by now. They should have turned away, but they haven't. All of them conspired together and came to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion, create confusion. Confusion is terrible. There are some in every government that try to create confusion when things don't go their way. Confusion. When people are confused, no telling what's going to happen. Not good. A representative came from Judas in verse 11, chapter 4. Our adversary adversary said, The Jews will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. Nehemiah, I think we ought to surrender. No way. They're just talking. Let them talk. God is on our side we working with him can do it but then after all that has happened and this is to the church I want to say this to the West Huntsville church after all these outside forces have come in to do what they can do there was then an inside job taking place I'm not so afraid of what's on the outside, but the inside scares me to death. Churches split and go belly up because of what's on the inside. It's not about the news media. It's not about denominationalism. It gets to be about us. And they had that problem. And if you were not here last week, you'll think I'm using a bad word. I'm not. They had the problem of ribbit. They were charging excessive interest among their own fellow Jews. Weren't supposed to be charging any interest at all. Were taking their families and putting them in enslavement. That's also called ribbit. They were making bad deals. That's also ribbit forbidden by God. You can't do that. And this is going on as the walls were trying to be built. And good workers had no money, no property, nothing to keep going. Nehemiah, how do you feel? I'm sure that Nehemiah, if you could have caught him at midnight, after he'd been out inspecting everything and sat down with, Nehemiah, how do you feel? He'd have probably said, I'm all worn out. Now, he wasn't from Big Cove because we had been. He had said, I'm all wore out. He said, I'm, I'm all worn out, but I think I'll make it. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Why? Satan is strong. Yes, but God is on my side. I can do it. I don't know if you've noticed Satan or not. But there was a time when there was no sin on planet Earth. Two people and no sin. Satan did not visit the animals. He did not go for a dip in the sea. He went for a conference in Eden. No sin, two people, and then two people, no righteousness. He had the world population in the palm of his hand. God intervened, of course, and started toward Calvary. Delivered Adam and Eve. They started raising children. They had many children. When one of their boys said to another boy, I don't like you. I'm going to kill you. And he did. Satan is in control. Polygamy. Dishonesty human population down, 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 down. I will destroy a man from all face of the earth. I'm not going to put up with this. Noah found grace in God's sight. It is easy for us to become discouraged. It's easy for us to say, I give up. He's for us to say Satan is stronger than I am. But he's not. If God is on your side. Cannot be. But good men have fallen to his tactics. Moses is a man I admire. There came an occasion where God told him to strike a rock. To give the people water. And he did. And water came forth. But later on. The people complained again. They'd given Noah and they'd given Moses all the flack they could give him. And God said, go speak to the rock and water will come forth. But Moses was tired. He was worn out. He needed some authority. So he came to the rock. Hear you now, O rebels. Must we fetch water out of the rock, and he hit the rock twice. Didn't speak to it. He hit the rock twice. No cameras were there, but I always say that he had already done that one time before because God told him to. But I think he said, I'll try that again. And, And even though the Bible doesn't enlighten us here, I think he hit the rock and nothing happened. And he hits it again, and the second time, water gushes out. But God didn't like that because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you will not bring this assembly into the land which I've given them. In other words, Moses, you know, that place where we're going to cross the Jordan River, that gate, there, I just changed the lock on it. Your pass key won't work when you get there. You ain't going in. Said that to Moses? I thought Moses was a good man. He was. But he got tired. He got all wore out. And he couldn't do what God told him to. Elijah got worn out. After all the prophets were killed, Jezebel said, I'm going to get him. And Elijah ran like a scalded dog. He was worn out. He'd had enough. He had to get away. He needed his sabbatical, as it's called today in business. Needed to go. Thank God, our Lord was taken into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. And we think sometimes that he was tempted after 40 days. And he was. That was a big temptation. But Luke says that he was tempted continually. And then the time came when he was tempted with the bread on the 40th day. Did he get all worn out? Nope, he didn't. He hung in. And I want to tell you something. We must hang in, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. As a matter of some is, God told the Hebrews back before the destruction of Jerusalem, but encouraging one another and so much more as you see this construct, destruction day approaching. Don't turn back. Brother Glenn referred that to that today. Don't turn back. Don't go back to the old law. It won't work. Stay the course. Thank God. Many of them did. And when Jerusalem was destroyed, so far as we know, in A.D. 70... Christians did not lose their lives. They'd gone from the city as Jesus had told them to. and They were safe. We need to use motivating words. Expect the unexpected. It's always going to happen. The elders have it every day in this congregation. The unexpected arises. They have to deal with it. Just keep going, the leader says. A little more. I like Henry Ford, though, who said, think you can, think you can't. Either way, you're right. Now, remember, as we continue this chapter, what Nehemiah is accomplishing. He is accomplishing something on the route God has taken. God is is walking through here. He started in Eden, and this journey God is on is going to stop at the cross. And Pentecost. And here is Nehemiah. With this little bit of time. To do a job for God. He's going to spare the Holy City. Going to protect it. And protect that building in the Holy City. Which is the temple. Which represents. God's dwelling place. And the church's place of worship. See all that foreshadowed. What is in heaven, where we went a while ago in prayer before God's throne of grace in the holy place. This is what Nehemiah is working on. He's trying to get that fixed. Did he not understand all this? No, he didn't. Why is he working on it? Because he knew God. And I want to remind you that sometimes we say, why are we doing all this? I don't understand. I could be fishing today. Not a good day for fishing, I don't guess. I could be hunting today. I don't hunt either, so it's not a good day for my hunting. I could be doing something better than this. You could if you don't have God. But those of you who have God know that this is the best thing you can do. Do we know all about God? No, we know a little about God. That's all. But we know that what God said is important, and we, when He asks us to assemble with the saints, that's important. Better things I can do. Well, yeah, I can think of some. Yeah. No, no, you can't either. If you can, you don't know God. Look at verse three. God is providing special strength in time of need. So I sent messengers to them, Nehemiah said, saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I have it, while I leave it and go down to you? Nehemiah, do you know who you're talking to? Yes, I'm talking to and his crew. Don't you know their strength? I do. Don't you know they have contact with the king of, of this great empire? I do. Don't you know you can get into trouble with him? No, I don't know that. Because I'm on a mission for the king of the Persian empire. Maybe they don't know that. Verse four, but, but they sent me this message four times. And I answered them in the same manner. The same message four times. What is going on? Satan doesn't give up. He doesn't, he changes his course sometimes. This time he doesn't even change his course. Four times. And then, then Sanballat sent his servant to me as before. The fifth time with an open letter in his hand. (laughs) I want to dig into that. Here's the fifth time. How do you think Sanballat feels about Nehemiah? Well, you know how he feels about Nehemiah. What is he trying to do to Nehemiah? He's trying to make friends with Nehemiah so he can come down on the plains of Ono and be killed by Sanballat. But the fifth time, he is mad. If you're sophisticated, you might say angry. I'll say mad. Sanballat is mad. So he sends an open letter in his hand. Just underscore that in your mind, an open letter. Nehemiah worked before the king. He had contact daily several times with the king. He was his cupbearer. He understood how business is to be conducted. The Persians had the greatest system of mail that had ever been before. That great empire had the best roads and the best Pony Express you've ever seen. And they were proud of it. The New York Post Office has this thing, neither rain, sleet, nor snow, etc. They got that from the Persians. The Persians had a quote like that. Nothing will deter... The service of the post office. I wish we could get more of that right now, by the way. Because anything can deter... Excuse me, I won't say that. Might have some postal workers in here. Thank you for the service you give. The open letter. Nehemiah knew what that meant. When an important letter was mailed, it was, of course, put on a sheet of papyrus. And then it it was rolled up. Very tightly, and it was pressed, and it was sealed at each end. Then when it was delivered, of course, it was the seals were broken. the letter was spread out, couldn't be rolled out because it wasn't rolled anymore, spread out and then it was smoothed out, and then it could be read. That's the way a letter was sent in those days, an important letter, an open letter. Everybody could read it. Not important. I'm sending this to a man I don't even respect. I don't care who sees his mail. So here comes an open letter to Nehemiah from Sanballat. And Nehemiah knows what that means. I'm angry with you. I don't care if this insults you. But I want you to come down here. You see what I think about you? I've always thought this about you. I'm not changing my mind. I tried to get you to think I was, but I'm not. I'm going to get you. Verse 6. It was written. It is reported among the nations. That's among the Gentiles. And Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel this is what the nations are saying the gentiles you and the jews plan to rebel therefore according to these rumors you're building the wall that you may be their king you also appointed you've also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at jerusalem saying there is a king in judah now these matters will be reported to the king so come, therefore, and let us consult together. <laughs> We've heard what you're doing, Nehemiah. They had not. This is all made up. You're saying to the people of Jerusalem, I'm going to be king. Make me your king. And they're all saying, we're going to have a king. It's going to be Nehemiah. Reminds me one time of a, Of a man who said, these frogs in my pond, in your pond, his neighbor's pond, are driving me crazy. Do you mind if I kill them and sell them to a local restaurant? He said, no, go ahead. How many are there? He's thousands of them. Can't you hear them at night? He went down to harvest the frogs, looked all night and found two. That's the way gossip is. Well, these people are saying about you, so on. Who are these people? Well, these people. See, I'm talking from experience. I preached at a church years ago. The third Sunday I was there. A man burst into my office Monday morning. And he said, preacher, everybody's saying that you don't know how to preach. I said, well, they may be right, but who is, who are all these? I'm not going to tell you. It's not me. It was him, by the way. Just people are saying that. I said, who? People. I said, who's people? People. He left and I called one of the elders. He said, has George already been in to see you? He usually gives a preacher six weeks. He gave you three. Thank you. You have to be a preacher to understand that one, I guess. Hmm. Years ago in our political system, and I don't remember the details, but I remember a senator that told a big fat lie about somebody who was running for high office. I don't even remember the men that I'm talking about. I remember the senator because he was a nut. It was an obvious lie, obvious lie. Recorded lie. Later on, somebody came and said, don't you know that was a lie that you told about him? The senator responded by saying, well, he didn't win, did he? What's the purpose? He told a lie. Got what he wanted. Verse 8. Then I sent to him saying, I sent to Sanballat, Nehemiah says, No such thing as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened the work and it will not be done now therefore O God strengthen my hands you know what I like about this he made a statement to Ballot. he didn't write a volume he just said I know you're wrong and you know you're wrong and then he turned his eyes to heaven and said oh God strengthen my hands We need to talk to God more than we talk to our enemies. Because our enemies are not going to like us anyway. And God is going to help us. Thank God. Verse 10 Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel. It was a secret informer. Let me stop right here. Some of these are very outstanding Jewish people. We've already read about them in chapter 3. And then he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they're coming to kill you. Indeed, at night, they will come to kill you. So here's a man. Here is a Jewish man. Here is a faithful, recognized Jewish man who comes to Nehemiah and says, look, these people are coming after you. You know, we need to go into the temple. And the temple is defined in two ways. It's defined as the temple complex. That in the New Testament is called the Heron. But there is a temple building that we call the temple. It's called the naos, the house. And this is actually what he said here in Hebrew. He said, let's go into the house. Let's go into God's house and close the doors of the house. They're coming to kill you. You go inside the temple. That will be a protection for you. Huh, good idea. I I think if I go in there, surely they'll respect the house of God. So let's go. No, no, Nehemiah didn't say that. Nehemiah could not actually go into the temple and please God. He knew that. The temple house could be entered only by priests. I'm talking about the outer room of it, the holy place. Most holy place only by the high priest, but he's trying to get him into the holy place. And Nehemiah said, No, no, I'm not going to do that. This is wrong. Wouldn't it have been nice for Sanballat if? Nehemiah said well I never thought about protecting myself in God's house I'm going to take you up on that then God would have had a problem with Nehemiah and you know how he solved the problem with Nehemiah buy you and Nehemiah knew that too verse 11 and I said should such a man as I flee and who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. For this reason, he was hired, that I should, should be afraid and act that way and sin. He was trying to lead me into sin so that they might have cause or evil report that they might reproach me you know it's a shame that people act that way i remember church was selecting elders sometimes when the church selects elders especially for the first time you get your banner flags out i'm running for elder i'm running for elder i've never understood that but it happens Someone called me one time and said, you know, we got brother, somebody running for an elder here. And he just doesn't seem to be qualified. You know him. What do you think? I said, he is not qualified. I mean, it was obvious he was not qualified. So they selected elders. didn't select him. And the man called me back and said, you know, that elder I was telling you about want to be an elder. I said, yes. He said, he quit the church. I said was he qualified to be an elder? Couldn't be. Couldn't be. Hmm. 14. My God, remember Tobiah and Sanballat according to these works, these their works. Here we go again. Deliver them by your righteousness, make them pure and clean in your sight. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I know them. Leopards don't change their spots. Remember them. And the prophets Noah die. And the rest of the prophets. Who would have made me afraid. So the wall was finished. In the 25th day of Elul. That's the end of August. In 52 days. The wall was finished in 52 days. Less than two months. Nehemiah did not stop. He armed his men. He set up guards. His work might have been deterred a few days for that. But he kept on doing what God told him to do. He did not stop. Let's take a break and consider all these things. Uh Uh-uh. Not going to consider anything. God came God sent me over here to rebuild these walls and that I'm going to do it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations round about us saw these things they were very disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work had been done by our God the scope of the work The difficulty of it and the time it took to do it had to be done with the help of God. And the enemy saw it. When Titus, General Titus, not Titus, Paul's son. When General Titus destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in 70 BC, uh, 70 AD he was to be awarded accolades by the Roman government. He refused. He said, I cannot accept that because the God of the Jews destroyed that temple. I didn't do it. Do you realize that when Titus was surrounding Jerusalem with his army and attacking sporadically before he went in, Jerusalem was packed with people because there had been a feast day. The city was full. And because Titus came in that day, they locked the gates and locked all these people, these Jews in the city of Jerusalem. There were three distinct groups in the city and they were fighting each other. God's people, the Jews were fighting each other inside Jerusalem. Jerusalem. While Titus, the Gentile general, was going round and round the city. No wonder they lost. No wonder they lost. 17. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah. The letters to Tobiah came to them. Letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in the Judaism, and I'm sorry, for many in Judah were pledged to him. We have the Jews that were pledged to Tobiah because he was son-in-law of Shekinah, the son of Era, son of Johanahan, had married the daughter of Meshulam, the daughter of Barakiah we've got families started here we've got intermarriage going on and ouch this is very very dangerous do you realize Solomon took 700 wives 300 concubines he built a temple in Jerusalem for the Jews that is an understatement Solomon built many temples. He built temples to please his wives. They led him away from God. Verse 19. So they reported the good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Nehemiah. He's a strong, strong man. He never wavered. You might say, well, his job is over. I mean, he's got that wall built. Temple is being protected. The gates can be closed. Listen, folks, his job is just beginning. We're going to see that as we continue the class. Next Sunday, I'm going to speak on the restoration movement. during in class. Oh, so you're leaving Nehemiah? No, I'm in Nehemiah. I'm going to use chapter 8. But I'm also going to talk about the restoration movement in the church. So it's going to be a mixture. I can't let Brother Demar get up and preach on mission work without my doing a little of it anyway. I look forward to it, Demar. I look forward to this too. You're a good class. I appreciate it so very much. So next week, maybe we'll touch on chapter 7. I might get somebody to come here and read all those names. And uh, then we'll go into chapter 8 about the restoration movement. Let us bow for prayer. Father, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for allowing us to be in your presence. Thank you for strengthening us in the faith. Protect us. Care for us. We pray through Christ. Amen. Don't run in the hall. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word.